What's up, guys? Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. It's been a little while, right? Don't worry about it. I am back, baby. And um, we're going to be attacking, attacking, attacking a lot of episodes. So just be ready. Okay, so on today's podcast, we're going to be going over zone two. Now, a lot of you seem to enjoy zone one. And if you like zone one, it only gets deeper with the next couple of zones. All right. Zone two is probably one of the biggest zone dysfunctions that I see. Now, remember, zone two, I call it zone two because of the simple fact that I have a science brain as well. And a lot of people, as soon as you throw the word chakra out, they immediately freeze up or they turn around and (laughs) they don't want nothing to do with it. And I understand a zone is basically each muscle has a nerve that has an organ that's connected to a, um, basically shares the same muscle nerves to it. So for an example, let's think about in zone two, we're going to be talking about your reproductive system. So think of things like um, your reproductive system that connects to the lower abdominals. Okay. So the nerves that connect your reproductive system also connect to the lower abdominals. So women, for an example, when you get that time in a month, what happens to your lower abdominals? They turn off, they get bloated. Why? Because the nerves that share the same, uh, the, the, basically the nerves that communicate with each other is going to be the lower abdominals, pelvic floor, and your reproductive system, your ovaries to be uh, for an example. So when there's inflammation in the ovaries, there's also inflammation signaling with the nerves that connect to the ovaries that connect to the lower abdominals. See that? So, or you could think about bloating, for an example. We all have bloating here and there, right? When we get bloated, the nerves in our stomach and the intestines are inflamed, and that signals to the nerve channels, to the muscles that connect to it, which are your core muscles, that it's inflammation. So the muscle then turns off because it gets signal of inflammation, which it receives it as pain. Anytime a muscle gets a signal from the nerves um, that there's pain, the ner- the muscle turns off, okay? So a zone is basically each part of your body has a connection. So in zone two, we have a connection from everything with the lower back that goes around your hips and your pelvic floor. Anything around that zone of your body is all connected. Now, you people have arguments about this, but based on how well everything is going, everything is flowing, that gives you a overall score or an overall consciousness, which can be considered um, a chakra. But like I said, Nate is going to try my best, his best to try to bring you through these things Um, that could be a little more analytical for the left brainers a little bit. Okay. So you have the nerve that connects to the muscle, the organ, the gland. Okay. But then you also, they all come together and connect back to the spinal cord, back to the brain. And then you have personalities that show up in these people. Um, so you'll learn a lot about the personalities in zone two. So zone two, uh, we're going to go over the dysfunction. So if you can uh, relate to any of these dysfunctions, then there's a, pretty high chance that you have some type of zone two dysfunction okay uh zone two dysfunctional list is sometimes these people can be emotionally unbalanced okay so i'd like to say these people are kind of hard to love at times um i call them shells and the reason why i call them shells is because usually you get three different versions of this person this person can be very funny or this person can be very sarcastic or this person can be very serious all the time. And usually with a zone two person, it's a front. And what I mean is 
usually they're putting up a, an act to really show or not expose their true emotions. And the reason why that's the case is because usually these people have been hurt or abused at a young age where they don't trust people. They just don't trust people. Even if you look like the nicest person and you come around and now, nah, man, you, 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 you have to, a zone two person, you have to really earn their trust and their love, um, especially with women. Okay. Um, but the thing is, what I've learned is I've learned, I worked with a lot of zone two clients and they happen to be the most successful entrepreneurs. They end up being very, very, very successful entrepreneurs. Um, the re and I'll explain why. Um, but usually when you do get this, when you do get the trust of this person and they get the trust of you, they open up and they're so sweet. They're like the sweetest people in the world. Okay. Um, you'll learn that they're really nice and sensitive and loving and they love hard. Um, but like I told you, you got to be able to get through that shell. If you don't get through that shell and you start dating this type of person, oh my goodness, forget about it. Good luck. Um, the, sometimes I make jokes about it, but sometimes these people kind of want you to guess how they feel, you know, um, you're supposed to know I'm upset today. I'm like, how do I know you're upset? It's like, you're supposed to know. I'm like, oh my God. So they, they kind of expect you to know things or believing things that they are going through without them expressing it to you. Okay. Um, so that's why they can be kind of hard to love and they can be cold hearted too. If you do something that is a little bit of, you know, um, that they don't agree with, they'll go all day without talking to you and it won't bother them. They're really good at doing that. Okay. So another thing is these clients can be a fantasist. Now a fantasist is someone who, you know, fantasizes all the time, you know, while you're talking to them, they may be in a fantasy, um, I see this a lot in yeah, women, but I, you know, men as well. Um, think about it. Sometimes when, you know, I, I get a client over, um, you may see another client leave my facility and they, they have this fantasy of that client. Like, oh my God, I can just imagine this, this, and this, and this. And immediately I'm like, yep, I got a zone too. Um, we got to have to work on some hips with him today or her today. Uh, these people can be very manipulative and, you can see this a lot with guys and, and girls as well, uh, men and women. Uh, manipulative, here's what I see. I usually see, this is the pattern I see. Either a manipulative man, zone two, dating an un, like someone who's very um, easy to manipulate, gullible as a zone two. So sometimes zone two people, they fall in love with another zone two client. And usually one of them has a, a, a sex addiction the other one is the one that goes along and that's being manipulated the whole way. But deep down inside, subconsciously, I'm just keeping it real with you. I see it over and over again. Um, they kind of they kind of like it. They kind of like that bad guy. They kind of they kind of like they entertain it. Um, and there's a deep reason why. And I'll bring you through that throughout this podcast. Um, so, yes, uh, there can be some type of addiction now. These people can also have a lot of imbalance with their uh, sexual hormones um, or with their sexuality. You may run into one that has a high sex drive in a partner, and then you may see the other per partner not really have a sex drive at all. Um, or you can be someone who one day is highly sexually active, and then the next day you're in a whole nother zone and not doing anything. So 
Um, that can get deep. It depends on the person. Okay. Another one is these people can be very oversensitive. So that's why you got to kind of be careful how you talk to these clients. A lot of the times, remember I told you they're acting out. Usually they can be acting out too because they're sensitive too. Yeah. So um, like I said, they're very sweet people as soon as you get their trust and they get your trust. Uh, they can be very hard on themselves, very hard on themselves. They can do things that are like successful and you're like, hey, good job. And like, oh my God, I could do better. I'm like, hey, that was really good though. They're like, yeah, that was okay. I could do a lot better though. And, you know, usually they're always, you know, kind of beating themselves up. Uh, one of the biggest things is they can feel guilty for no reason. Okay. They can just start feeling guilty for no reason. Um, let's just say I worked with a client who, there's a couple of reasons. They can feel guilty. As soon as I had a client that was giving all their money away to their family um, and their family was kind of balling out. Um, and I, t I sat them down and I said, hey, listen, the reason why you're really stressed out is because you have no money. And the reason why you have no money is because you're giving it out to everybody. As soon as she just started saying no to people, um, she always felt guilty after doing it. And usually there is a huge connection between that and childhood trauma in my experience with that client. And I will go, like I said, as I continue to go through this, I will be throwing some, some facts in about that. Uh, these people usually frigid a lot. So look at their foot, they shake their foot or they're moving their hands. If they got nails, if the women got nails, they're like, you know, they're always playing with their nails a little bit. Um, chewing gum is another one. They just can't sit still. They're frigid. Um, and then men can also have issues with the uh, with their sex performance as far as keeping an erection or pre-ejaculating fast. Women can have issues when it comes down to not even getting moisturized, not even getting wet enough during sex um, and or controlling the muscles around their reproductive system during sex. And they can have a hard time having an orgasm. So um, now. These are the things that show up, right, as a dysfunctional. Um, there's a couple other things that I notice by myself of always experiencing these clients. You can really run into a really deep one. And this is only like 30% of them, uh, zone two people. But when I know a client is really deep into their dysfunction is when they are representing red a lot, like a red lipstick every day, red car red interior, red pillows, red nails. Um, that's when I'm like, oh, this is a red, red, red t-shirt all the time. So red is something I look for in these clients. And another thing that I've learned from my own experience, these people go, they pee a lot. I know that sounds funny, but they pee a lot. Now, if you think about it, remember, you have the organ, the muscle, nerve, gland, okay, that all connect in this area. There's this function. In that area, uh, the bladder connects to these nerves as well. So usually these people have a bladder issue. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's something you see a lot. Now, what else? You, the, the other things you can see in these clients is they can have feelings of isolation. They feel like they're unrelatable or they're always by themselves or they just feel isolated in life. They feel like they spend a lot of time alone. Um, they can also have a feeling of instability. And when it comes down to the physical, these, you know, these clients can have bladder and prostate problems. They can have lower back problems, 
tight hip flexors is another one that I see. Um, so what we do is when I get this type of client, usually we have to fix something called an anterior pelvic tilt. We got to see where their pelvis is at, but usually there's some type of inflammation. If it's a client that has PCOS, um, remember the, the ovaries share the same nerves as the pelvic floor so that they'll have that little pouch belly. Um, and if they have that little pouch belly on the bottom, if those lower abdominals, internal obliques and you know, um, or, or in pelvic floor muscles are not working to stabilize that pelvis, that pelvis has to shift. When that pelvis shifts, now your butt cheeks can get tight with your hamstrings and your lower back. If you really go into a sway back or first, usually people start off in the interior pelvic tilt for the first couple months to a year until the body starts to correct it naturally by pushing the hips into a sway back. Okay. So um, when we work with a client like this, we got to see what's causing inflammation first. So first thing we got to do. So instead of just me saying, oh, yeah, you're a zone two. No, I know they're a zone two. Now I got to take the appropriate steps to be able to help them get out of that situation. So first thing I look for is we look at the six questionnaires that I sent them. I see what, what parts of their body have inflammation, what parts don't. And then I got to see what's going on. So let's just say if it's a bladder issue, a lot of people have bladder issues due to eating too many carbohydrates. Way too many carbohydrates that they can handle, especially processed sugar. Okay. Um, another thing is what winds the system up, the sympathetic system to make you start peeing a lot is going to be a lot of caffeine. So usually I find these clients drinking a lot of caffeine or a lot of beverages that are not water. These clients don't drink enough water. They end up drinking like other fancy drinks. Now the clients that are drinking water, they're usually drinking uh, water that has no real minerals in it. So it can be tap water or cheap plastic bottle water where the water, since it has no minerals, the water can't hydrate the body properly. So it just comes right out of them. And it creates, and you don't want those things because now if you have a zone two thing, now we're just creating way too much energy in those hips, okay? There's a dysfunction of holding your bladder or overwhelming the bladder. You even put every other nerve and muscle on that same zone under more stress, okay? So- Okay, so we got the associated body parts and gland connection. So the sex organs connect to zone two, the bladder, the circulation, prostate, womb, ovaries, and testicles for men are going to be the things that connect to zone two as far as organs. Now, here's when it gets a little deep. Now, and I advise you, if you want to get a little deeper, I think the most simple book you can read when it comes up to chakras or zones is going to be Chakra Healing by Liz Simpson. Now, she brings you through one um, specific uh, examples, and then I learned a lot more different specific examples through the Czech Institute with Paul Czech. And then I learned a lot by myself. I did some really deep research where, like I told you, I'm a science, I got a science brain. I need to connect, you know, like, all the nerves that connect, like with zone three, I'll bring you through a specific nerve that connects everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm trying to say is that book can give you a nice little starter so you can look through it. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end up making a book on this stuff because um, I think it's appropriate because I don't think anybody, I'm not going to say, I don't think anybody can connect it like I do. I don't think people that do know this information that I've learned from, um, my imagination works differently how I break it down. So I think it would be appropriate if I do that. Okay, so zone two, each zone 
Now we're going to get a little deep here. Each zone has organ. It connects to an organ, a nerve, a gland, and a muscle. And then those nerves all connect back to the spinal cord, which then free, feed the brain. And then we got different parts of the brain, specifically the limbic system, which is your emotional system. So for an example, when women get that time in a month, what happens? They get moody, right? And when they get moody, they get cravings as well with it. Um, they get tired. Nobody looks at them and thinks that they're crazy or think they're making these things up. Oh, just because you have your period doesn't mean you should be moody. No, there's a whole psychological effect on the on the brain when the when a woman's going through high high levels of stress in their you know menstrual cycle. So the same thing happens with other parts of the body. Okay. And these things can get you to act out a certain way. And that's when we go through the archetypes of this zone. So the archetypes of a zone two person is going to be the sovereign, okay? The sovereign archetype is usually the king or queen in a person. So we have three, we have a couple stages of archetypes, but the four main ones is going to be the child archetype. And I'm going to do a podcast on this. The child archetype, then you go into the warrior archetype, okay? So I'll give you a quick example. The child archetype is your kids or when you were a kid, you say yes to mom all the time, you yes to dad all the time, and then you believe everything they believe. Hey, Nate. Don't get tattoos because you get tattoos. They're going to think you're a thug and nobody's going to hire you. Okay, dad, you know, and then when you get to the warrior archetype, usually this happens like when you become like 13, 14 years old. And then I go out there in the world and I see that, hey, that's not true. You're not a thug because you got tattoos, right? Like, so I came home. I said, dad, that's not true. A warrior starts challenging the belief systems of their parents and a warrior is someone who goes out there and sees the world for themselves and goes fights their way through the world you fight for a position on a sports team you fight for the love of your life at that time in high school right you get that little puppy love then we fight for our way to get accepted to college then we fight our way to fit in in college then we fight our way when we graduate to be able to get a job so usually there's a heavy a correlation between the warrior archetype in from 14 to 21 years old zone three okay so, which will be the next podcast. So, and then you have the king or queen. Now, you see a lot of warriors don't make it to the king or queen stage. Now, there's different examples on how people can make it to the king or queen stage. But the way that I'm explaining it, the route that I'm explaining, the king or queen stage is when you start to own something. For an example, um, you own your home. Um, you, you own your business. You pay yourself with your, um, with your job. You become the king or queen of your emperor. Okay? so. Uh, when this is and then you have the wise men wise women what happens with a king or queen is they get a dysfunction where they want to put their money investments and they want to control multiple things outside of their business and then that can create a lot of dysfunctions because since the king or queen is trying to get their hands on everything they can't keep up with them they can't keep up with everything so they create a lot of stress and dysfunction and then the only way to mature out of that is to become to simplify when you simplify your life, you then become the wise man or wise woman, which our culture is struggling with right now. Okay. Um, you know, the wise man, wise woman, we still can see that if you got a grandparent, you can kind of see it in your grandparents um, if they made it to that stage. Usually, the grandparents can make it to that stage, but some of our families are dysfunctional. When grandma's arguing with mom and they're both acting like children still. They're still stuck in a child archetype in their 40s and 60s, you know? I, you know, we see it all the time. So I'm excited to bring your podcast to break each step 
of that down. But I say all that to say the sovereign is an archetype. When this person, a zone two person, is balanced, they got the sovereign archetype that's a part of them, the king or queen. Um, this, this archetype in its most mature form is the leader in our life. So usually I, these are the heroes in the family. Okay, this is the person that's taking care of the bills, taking care of the kids, taking care. Usually, I hate to say this, but you can usually, I, in, my, in my experience, I usually see a lot of women that I run into a lot of women that are dysfunctional, um, but they usually, when they are functional, they used to be in the king or queen, uh, this, you know, where they pay the bills, take care of the kids, take care of everybody else. But then when it's time to take care of themselves, they're in trouble. They usually don't take care of themselves until it's a crisis. So this person holds on to the sense of a mission, purpose, and vision. Okay. Now, if you're dysfunctional, if you have any of the dysfunctions I talked about and you're just dysfunctional, uh, you can be in some trouble because you can fall in line with an archetype that is easily summed up with one word. You sacrifice everything. Okay. You would give all you have and sacrifice the needs to those around you whenever pain or cost to themselves. So you become a dysfunctional king or queen. You're someone who overly gives. You're someone who sacrifices your own energy, your own time. And a lot of you do this. Okay, I fell into this a lot of times. It's supposed to be I, we, and then all. We end up giving we and all, all of our energy we, as far as your family, all, as far as the people outside of your house, like your, your work, et cetera. And then I is last. And when you do that, by the time you get to I, you only left with like 20% of energy and you got nothing for yourself. Okay. So these clients would also, you know, basically sacrifice themselves so much that sometimes, you know, the people that need help does you know they know they don't even want to ask for the help but you'll still jump out and do it for them anyway because if you don't you feel guilty remember i told you that you come out and feel guilty okay so we got to become functional when it comes down to this now here's a couple of things that i've also noticed with this is that there's a there's a pretty high chance that this client was possibly molested as a child um and when this client becomes molested as a child, usually they're really dysfunctional. So, you know, you can get people slightly dysfunctional, mid-dysfunctional, and then deeply dysfunctional. The deeply dysfunctional ones are the ones that were molested. And let me tell you a little secret. Um, when I see women get molested, um, well, when I don't see it. When they come tell me, usually I'm the first one they tell. And that's a true story. Usually, I'm the first one they tell. Um, secondly, there's three things that I've run into. Number one, this client was, there's three things that happened after. And the reason why they never told anybody. Number one, it's because they were scared nobody would believe them. Number two, it's because usually the person that was molesting them was close to the family. Number three, it usually happens because when it, when, when the, child does tell the parents the parents tell them not to tell nobody because the parents are going to be they don't they're embarrassed they don't want the, they don't want nobody knowing because they feel like it's their fault 
that's what I see. It can be other things, but when I see, this is what I see. So a person was molested at a young age, they're going to have a really, really hard time with their sexuality as they grow up. Either they can be too sexually addictive, usually, or they can be shut down. But what I see is this person becomes, they think their value subconsciously is through their sexuality. So they start having sex with a bunch of men when they get into their teenage years. And then they deal with a bunch of people who don't really deserve to even be next to them. Okay. Uh, they usually get manipulated a lot. Uh, remember I told you, sometimes you can find a zone to male dysfunction that's manipulative and you can be the one that is the one that's being manipulated. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, you run into this. I run into this a lot with this client. Now, remember when I told you in the beginning that if a client has childhood trauma, it can create a lot of issues when it comes down to feeling guilty. If you read the the book, The Body Keeps the Score, it, I, it's a book I refer because it can save you a lot of like explanation and science behind a lot of this. But the book, uh, they break down that when a person is being abused or going through a trauma, especially as a child, what we try to do is we try to make a way in our imagination to become friends with the person so we can control the amount of abuse we go through. Okay. Um, so I say all that to say, I know people who go through emotional abuse in their relationships and they feel guilty when they think about leaving their person. Another thing in the book he explains too is that usually people are addicted to stress or trauma because they feel like since they didn't fix it or overcome it, they keep going back because they think they can fix it, or overcome it. And I work with a lot of clients who do continue to go back to an abusive relationship um, because they try to fix the person, okay? Or go back to an abusive, uh, you know, just a job that's traumatizing to them where the boss is yelling at them all the time. Um, so, and another thing, I'll give you one more. Um, anytime we go through an abuse trauma or trauma, any type of trauma, the left brain called the broker's brain turns off which means the analytical brain, making a plan, the analytical um, um, brain, the part of the brain that helps us express on how we feel, okay? It takes how we feel and we can break it down analytically to actually express it. So when we get yelled at or we're going through an abusive relationship, these people usually freeze up because their left brain doesn't work and they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to analytically break down how they feel or how to respond to a reaction that's a trigger for them, okay? So I'll be bringing you another podcast on that a little deeper. And look, if you want to get more specific with some things, you can leave a comment below or you can, um, if it's on, if you're watching this on YouTube, or you can email me at begreatwithnate at gmail.com if you have any like, hey, Nate, can you get a little deeper in this in this podcast next time, whatever. Now just turn the mic on and we can talk about it. Okay, so the... Another thing is these clients are usually very, very, remember I told you in the beginning that they become to be very successful entrepreneurs. Um, I have a couple of these clients that you can watch as an example. Um, Emily was a zone two, I believe, um, on my podcast. You have Valerie that was a zone two. Uh, Christine, the, the, the po- I should be dropping the podcast with Christine. She was a zone two. Usually, and I can keep going. Usually the zone two clients 
turn out to be extremely creative people. What's the best way to create in this world? Having a baby, creating a child, right? So if a person has dysfunction with their creativity, their sexuality, usually these people can alchemize that into creating with their imagination or vice versa. Napoleon Hill said, um, it's important to hold back your sexual wants and needs during the day because you can transmute that into energy in the brain for, for creating things in real life, right? If you continue to just wake up and you have orgasms in the morning and, you, and that's how you get your, your, um, you know, your dopamine effect or hit, uh, what you're going to do is you can be sacrificing some type of creativity in your imagination. So you can look at look you can look that up a little more. I think they call it tr a sex transmutation. So I say all that to say, usually zone two people have issues with their sexuality, and remember that's a way to create how you do anything, how you do everything. So if that's affecting their sexuality, they're gonna also have beautiful ideas, or they're very artistic, but they're holding those things back too. As soon as you get this person to realize how talented they are with their artwork, as soon as you get these people to realize, you know that they're capable of doing things with their imagination. They create logos, canvases, they can paint, they create the best YouTube thumbnails, they can redecorate your house. They just are extremely creative, okay? Um, and then they usually become very, very, very good entrepreneurs, okay? Okay, so the main issue in development age. So the main issue is emotional balance and sexuality, okay? So when you were... And then the development age is from 8 to 14. So if you feel like you resonate with this a lot, think about what happened from 8 to 14. Did you have a certain religion put on you to make you feel guilty about your sexuality? Um, did you not feel comfortable in your own skin from 18, 14? I remember when I was 14 years old, when I was 8 to 14, I had a birthmark right in the middle of my chest, the size of a penny. Okay, right in the middle. And man, look, where I come from, we throw jokes. Right. And I'm from a part of, you know, North New Jersey. I'm from Jersey City, right across the Hudson River from New York City. And um, but one thing that happened was, is that this birthmark was destroying my confidence and my sexuality. I was scared to take my shirt off in front of girls. You know, I was I was afraid. I was just scared. And I had a little belly as well. I was always a chubby boy. So. I had sexuality issues because of me not being comfortable with my own skin when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, I think about that for yourself. Did you have anything that made you feel uncomfortable or made you feel guilty about your sexuality? And usually this happens, like I said, from eight to 14 years old. So here's a, here's a couple of small steps. So I already gave you some things um, during the podcast on what you can do about it, but here's some bullet points I, I want to touch on on what you can do about this situation, okay? Number one, drink more water. Okay, so sometimes this the energy or the nerves can be uh, numb or dysfunctional as far as not enough activity. You can throw some water in there, get some good water going in there. Or and most remember, I told you most people drink a lot of beverages and not enough water. Okay, good water. If you're always on the run, uh, you can get a nice spring water. I get uh, mountain mountain valley water here in California. Um, you know, and you don't got to get too fancy. You know, if you're drinking tap, go to the next step. Let's try to get you like a, a filter water. Uh, you can go get a nice little filter. You know, I think it's called the Brita. 
um, for like 20 bucks or 15 bucks or something of that nature. Number two, huge one, control your blood sugar. Okay, so if you're throwing a bunch of starches in your body and you notice starches make you tired, making you pee a lot, making you um, shake, for an example, or eat more sugar or carbs because you crave it, or if you're eating processed sugar and junk food, um, your blood sugar, what happens is when the body has too much unstable blood sugar, when you're spiking blood sugar up and down, not only does it make you tired and create more cortisol and make you more stressed, but the body would attempt to push out the extra glucose by peeing it out. Okay, it'll pee it out. So that's why some of you, when you eat too many carbs, you start peeing a lot because the body's trying to get the, the extra glucose out of the body. So control your blood sugar. I have, if you're interested in learning more about that, I just started a small little documentary on my YouTube channel called Fat the Fit Would Be Great With Nate. I gained some weight during my, more, more weight than I wanted during my little bulk that I did. And I didn't like it. So what I'm doing now is I'm dropping the weight. I'm not 14, 15 pounds down in a month. And I'm documenting it, but on episode one, I, I explain on how to control your blood sugar because I have blood sugar issues myself. Number three, open up your hips. Start stretching your hip flexors, specifically your quad, your TFL, and your psoas muscle, okay? You can find some really good videos on YouTube. I got a whole course, a mini course that I created for my members on Be Great With Nate membership site um, about lower lower back pain and hip pain and how to fix those things i think i'm just going to put that course to sale on on uh for the public but you can check out my youtube video i got a how to um the real reason for back pain is a youtube video i got and i bring you through some stretches that you can go through or you can go to youtube and just put yoga hips or hip flexor and yoga you can probably find like free courses on there or videos now, this is a huge one. Express your sexual needs to partner. I know a lot of people who are in a, in a relationship who are not sexually um, satisfied. There's things that you like that your partner's not doing. Don't be scared to speak up. If you are not scared to get naked in front of this person, shouldn't be afraid to speak up in front of this person. Okay? So you should be able to speak up. Let them know your needs. Some some women that I, I work with, or you know, even men that I work with, um, they don't like sex to be so rough, but their partner is very rough with them. Pounding. It's like some people don't like that. Some people, but they only have men that pound or women that want to go fast. And um, if you have that problem, here's a here's what I tell my my clients that's your issue sometimes the person that you're having um you're making love to or you're you're having sex with doesn't know any better that's all they know so you got to school them you got to teach them walk them through it when you're going through it hey slow down a little bit i got you there you go you got me <laughs> yeah well yeah you got to walk them through it and, and and i'm telling you right now i know it can sound childish but don't be surprised if that turns your partner on a little bit when you talk to them and slow it down. And, you know, usually a lot of people are expressing their shadow during sex. Okay. And then the last one is going to be these clients usually, remember I told you, these clients are usually very creative. So the first thing I like to do with them is a couple of things. Either get them to do a painting class, like a sip and paint. Get them to join a dancing class. I always make these clients journal. 
and then see if these clients are singing. Because usually they're really good at painting, dancing, or singing. They used to do it, and they stopped. Okay? Now, the reason why I make them journal, I meet with these clients. I usually meet my clients once or twice a week. When I do meet my clients, these clients are really good at hiding their emotions. I told you that. So instead of, ex you can't just expect people to start expressing themselves the first day. So you, it depends on how I go about it with this client. Sometimes I go straight to the muscular system. We start opening up their hips. And then, of course, you start opening up the hips. Energy starts going through the, you know, think the nerves start to communicate better with the organs, which then communicate better with the limbic system, et cetera. So usually they'll express, they'll start expressing themselves there with me. Or we start balancing out their blood sugar throughout the weeks and they express themselves better to me. But either way, we get them the journal because a lot of these clients are going through a lot and they don't actually, they become numb to their own feelings. Remember, they be a dysfunctional queen or king. They try to do everything for everybody else. They become dysfunctional to the part where they don't even know how they, they, they feel. And then they start to realize, like, oh, wow, I'm anxious. Oh, wow, I have anxiety. Oh, wow. I never noticed that I have a problem when it comes down to overeating and snacking throughout the day until I started tracking my food. So journaling is a huge one. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. All right. So I made sure during this podcast, I had my notes so I don't miss anything. Um, that's something I just don't want to do. I think it's important that I can to touch on each and everything on the subject as far as, and now I only speak on things that I experience. There's a bunch of things that zone two people have that I never experienced. Um, probably one thing I didn't mention is I did mention about I went through a fast was lower back pain, but um, everything that I mentioned here, I experienced full time with these clients. And these are the practical things that I go through. And yeah, I just want to say something really quick. I think it's beautiful and I really appreciate um, I'm actually going to go to it right now. I found a couple of clients. I mean, people who watch this podcast who left a review. And I just want to say thank you um, because I, I know throughout the last year or two, I always say, hey, if you enjoy this podcast, can you please leave a review? I'll appreciate that. Um, but I didn't actually get to see anybody leave the reviews. So we have right now. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to find this thing right now. I want to thank 30 of you for rating my podcast. Um, 30 of you rated it uh, five stars, which is awesome. I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Okay. And then let's just Joe Highway. Um, thank you for leaving your beautiful comment. And the other person who left it has a nickname, which is not, you can't pronounce this, C-R-S-T-E-N-A-H. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank both of you. And for those that will leave a review, this is on iTunes. I don't have Spotify on here, but I'm pretty sure we got some ones on Spotify. But I just wanted to really shout you both out. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Thank you for listening to me today. You could have been anywhere else in the world doing anything else where you were here to, with me, listening to me, and giving me your time. And that's, I'll never, ever, ever take that for granted. So thank you. If you haven't yet, um, please leave a review, a review. I believe that I can take this podcast to the next level. I, I truly believe that. I believe that um, it's time. I had an intuition that it's time. I felt like uh, as you, if you're watching me on video, you can see the, the new office that I have. You can see 
uh, the new setup I have with the microphone, the new desk that I have. I invested a lot of money to come back here and start to give you my all. Um, so yes, I really, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate you. If you haven't already, check out all my other podcasts. Um, I give my heart and soul to these podcasts. When I do, I only want to come on here when I'm able to give you real authentic energy. I can't come on here and fake it. So that's something I just won't do. So if you enjoy this podcast, please um, leave a review um, if, if possible um, or just give me a rating and let's take this thing to the next level. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to be living. I, I, if you watch this on video, I got the Be Great With Nate merchandise. So if there's any way you want to support, I, t I teamed up with uh, Spring Tea where I created my own um, stuff there, my own T-shirts, mug. I got my mug that I use for my coffee every morning, my Be Great With Nate mug. Um, hoodies. We got women tank tops, women crop top hoodies, which are fire. So I'll leave a link down there. This is the first time I'm announcing it that it's live. Um, let's just say um, Be Great With Nate merch. And yeah. Let's have a great day. Let's make today count and become the best version of yourself. Peace.